Days, 10 Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Keep clear! This is Caractacus Potts, inventor extraordinaire. Caractacus had a dream. He believed man could fly. At first, it was hard getting his dream off the ground. But Caractacus had faith. And a beautiful sweetheart. Two charming kids. And an adventurous grandfather. Hold out, starboard up, push with a capital P O S H push. Then Caractacus invented a fantastic magical car. It floats, it flies, and it carries adventure wherever it goes. took them to castles and palaces and to far-off lands known only in lullabies. And watch your boat from Harshabai Mountain Sail far away from Lullaby It also took them into the clutches of the nasty Baron Bomburst, who ruled over the evil kingdom of Bulgaria, where children were imprisoned and happiness was a crime. And the only thing that could save them was laughter and music. before has there been such a gallery of marvelous characters. Dick Van Dyke as Caractacus Potts. Sally Ann Howes as Truly Scrumptious. Lionel Jeffries as Grandpa Potts. Gert Frobe as the nasty Baron Bomburst. Anna Quayle. James Robertson Justice. Benny Hill. Robert Helpman. And Heather Ripley and Adrian Hall as the children. Never before has there ever been such a magical musical entertainment as Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Hi Chitty, no Chitty, anybody go? I'm friend with Frank. Bang Bang Chitty, 
Hey there, this is John Oates, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome here, tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And I'm your show host, Robert. Right here, computers and geek at talk1340.com. You can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clover. Don't forget to check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com. We can see all our shows. And if you missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out nostalgicradioandcars.com. Where we have all our shows uploaded. Right, Bobby? 640. Good evening, Bobby. How are you? Happy last show of the year. Last show of the year. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. I know we had a good family gathering, and uh, we always look forward to that, especially this time of year. And, of course, we've had some nice chilly, excuse me, (coughs) weather. And, uh, you know, it's cold and flu season, but we're not going to worry about that because we take our vitamin C. Anyway, we got a great show for you tonight. We've got a very special guest coming on, alumni guest, and we look forward to having this gentleman on all the time. And we're going to be talking, it's going to be kind of a casual show. We'll be talking about cars a little bit. And uh, what was it? A couple weeks ago, I think, we were, or last week? Week before last, I think last I went. Week. Yeah, last week. Week before, I, last. Week before last, I was. Uh, I went and looked at uh, some cars uh, to do a, uh, an appraisal on. And I think I mentioned something about that 68 Shelby that I was looking at for a customer, and then also a Boss 429. And then when I went down to uh, Naples, I stumbled on another one that a friend of mine had, uh, an original Survivor Boss 429. And uh, this one up in Clearwater is a grabber blue car with a white interior. The one in uh, down in Naples is grabber blue also, which was probably the most popular color for 70 Boss 429s. Also considered the most photogenic even in Boss 302s, but uh, this had a black interior. So, you know, we, we, we as an appraiser, you, know, you look at the cars, and the more common production cars, even though they're rare, are still valuable. But, you know, you try to find something really, really unique. Now, as an appraiser, you try to find something unique to justify the value that you're going to uh, assess the vehicle at. And, again, it is the opinion of the appraiser. Okay, based on fair market value. Okay, and uh, so you kind of try to find something that's, you know, makes the car stand out. So I don't buy into all that one of one stuff necessarily just because you have a 69 Mustang that came with a console, uh, radio delete, and it was purple on the outside with a pink interior. That doesn't quite add value. It makes it unique. There's no question about that, but it doesn't exactly make it uh, extremely valuable and something very, very, very special. Although, you know, the guys that are in the promoting end of it, you know, and we'll say mostly the auctions, they'd like to put put a, a whole new spin on that to get people enticed to buy. Now, next, uh, actually in a couple of weeks, is Meekum in Orlando, or Kissimmee, actually, and they've got 4,000 cars. And I just got the email here, and I might have referenced it last week on the show. I don't remember. And they said, we have now consigned our 4,000th, if I pronounce that properly, car. It just so happened to be a 69 Boss 429 KKK number 1396. I had KKK 1399. So that was three cars away from mine. Mine was originally a Royal Marine car. 
all Boss Ford Twin is a four-speed. But the first and starting the beginning number on a KK car was twelve hundred. The first two hundred seventy-nine cars had the NASCAR engines, so this car was well within the, the NASCAR range as mine was. And those are the most valuable Boss Ford Twin Nines. The seventies are cool. And uh, the, so the 69s are basically solid lifting motors with the NASCAR rods and the top high-top pistons and just a bunch of unique stuff to it. And then I think the early 70s were a little bit toned down. And then I think in late 70, if I may, my memory serves me, they were a little bit different. But today I got an interesting call from a gentleman in Orlando, and I guess his son inherited, or this gentleman's, this person is a son of, a, of someone, and they inherited a 69911. S. Now, 67 911S, I think that was the first year for an S, 69 or 68, pretty sure it's 69, 67, I think. And uh, it's hard to say what that car's worth, you know. I mean, the guy thinks it's worth two and a grand. Yeah, they're selling for that. But they got to be really, 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 really nice. You know, you got to bring a trailer, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later. Bring a trailer kind of sets the tone. You know, bring a trailer is like eBay. eBay was the first one out of the box. Everybody goes to eBay. Bring a trailer was the one that kind of set the standard for online auctions, and everybody goes to bring a trailer. Google is what's Google considered? It's a. uh, it is a search engine. Search engine, right. Okay. So, you know, everybody goes to Google. And then, of course, you know, Microsoft is Microsoft, Apple is Apple, and so on. It's pretty hard to compete with them. You know, Ford is Ford. Chevrolet, Chevrolet, or General Motors is General Motors. Porsche is Porsche. Uh, you know, Aston Martin's Aston Martin, Lamborghini. Unfortunately, in 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 uh, many aspects of the car world, okay, there's a lot of consolidation going on. So you really don't know what you're getting. Very much so in the parts end of it. So it's kind of interesting uh, when you see this this transformation going on. You know, um, you know, and and it's kind of hey, it's kind of hard to. You don't really know what you're buying anymore. So we, we, Bobby and I just recently went through this recently. We were trying to find a set of tires for one of our trucks, and we bought what Land Spider. Okay, well we did some homework and research, and and it actually has the company is a parent company of somebody else. Land Spider is just a brand. It's just kind of a generic brand. Just like what we buy for the rollback, we bought tires for it, and those tires were Prinks or something like that. I mean, you look at the name Prinks. Would you buy Prinks? Mm, I don't know. I'd rather have Michelin or Goodyear or Firestone. I'd buy some chips called Prinks. <laughs> but you don't really know. So you have to kind of do your homework, and everything's just, you know, it's corporate America. It's corporatized. So you really... You honestly don't know what you're buying. You, you're, you're kind of rolling the dice on everything anymore nowadays. Nowadays, okay? However, in the vintage world, you know, when you buy your old 65 Mustang, your 68, 67 Camaro, or your 70 Dodge Challenger, you know, first year of all those cars, pony cars, you're, well, Barracuda actually came out 64, but the first year for the E-Body, by definition, was 70. So we had a lot of really cool cars. And if you buy those old cars, they're pretty much what they are there's no mistake in those the cars have style you can tell a 70 from a 71 from a 72 from a 73 today i don't even know what these cars are sadly i don't even pay any attention to them i feel kind of stupid sometimes you know because people ask me what do i think and i go i tell people when you're buying a car you buy the newest car that you can afford they all look alike just make sure it's got a factory certified warranty but if you're buying a classic car talk to me 
I'll give you some pointers. Even though I'm partial to Ford, you know, I might recommend a Chevrolet or a Pontiac. And there's some nice Pontiacs out there, and there's some nice Chevrolets. There's some nice Chryslers. There's all kinds of nice cars out there. The vintage cars are really cool, and they have character, you know. So then uh, let's see. There's a couple car shows coming up. Next month, um, our friends over there at Roosters has got their uh, big shindig. That's in a couple of weeks. We'll be talking about that, and we'll have somebody on our show. The uh, Florida Vintage Truck Show is in February. We'll have somebody on talking about that a little bit. And there's a Rockabilly show down in Immokalee. I just found out about that. I think it's the first weekend in January. So that ought to be pretty interesting. Anyway, on that note, if you want to find out where all the cars are, definitely go to flacarshows.com. But I want to get our guests on the line here tonight because we just want to kind of banter back and forth. It's the last show of the year. Uh, 2022 wasn't too bad of a year. We're looking forward to 2023. It should be a better year. It should be interesting. There's a lot of weird, a lot of new stuff going to happen next year. And even in our case, show-wise, we got some really good people tentatively lined up for next year, so it should be exciting. A lot of musical guests in the forecast. How about I say that? Hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Winning Cars. Here's a little The Guess Who. Hand Me Down World. Don't touch the devil. We'll be right back. No further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. We're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. And uh, hey, don't text and drive. Matter of fact, don't text and do a radio and show because, because I was looking down instead of paying attention to my cue 
My cue, my cue, my cue, my cue. Distract, distracted host, distracted Distra- hosting. Oh, distracted hosting. Distracted I can't driving, do that. distracted hosting. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, here we are. We're back, and uh, it's New Year's, and it's going to be a really great New Year next year. So, on that note, I really don't have anything more to say, but I want to get my guest on the show tonight. So, Bobby's going to go ahead and cue up another song, and then we're going to play a clip, and then we're going to have our guest on. So, don't touch that dial. We will be right back. The swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cub, and stroll right into town and be just like the other men. I'm tired of walking around. Oh, ooby-doo, I want to be like you. I want to walk like you, talk like you, too. You see, it's true. And they like me. Like me. 
Bobby's a nice guy in a tough spot. I will work my ass off to get us out of this hole. You know that. He owes a bundle to a couple of bone-breaking loan sharks. And is getting pressure from his wife Donna to get a job. What do I have to do to explain to you that we are broke? Are you idiots paying attention? Enter Reggie, the sensitive sales manager of the Southside Car Dealership. Why would I buy a car from you? You love me. He trains his sales force to do anything. And buries the mother... This is a great car. I mean anything. Is it, my friend? Are you gonna buy this car, man? To sucker every last cent out of the innocent victims that come onto his lot. Let's go. It's never enough! But Reggie isn't only dealing in cars. And Bobby's loan sharks are calling in their loan. Hey, Mason. We've been waiting for you to get home. That's when all hell breaks loose. You think they're low-life scum when they're selling you a car. You should see them in their off hours. Louis Mandelar, Lori Laughlin, and Daniel Benzali. <laughs> Suckers, trust me, you're getting Das ist Jochen Maas, hallo. Und Sie hören Nostalgic Radio und Autos. Wunderbar. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgia Radio Cars, and uh, it's time to introduce my very special guest and a super good friend of mine, uh, and the founder of the prestigious Amelia Island Concours, Bill Warner. Bill, how you doing, good friend? Happy Hi, New Year to you. Above room temperature. Yeah, room temperature. Well, hey, listen, uh, at Jacksonville, uh, it's got to be a little colder than it is here in Clearwater. You're a little further. Well, how cold did it get in Clearwater? Well, uh, how cold was it, Bobby? 30, 34? 32. Uh, 30. Yeah. yeah, between 30 and 32, and you're up there. You probably dipped below 30. Uh, yeah, I got 27 at the airport, but we're, we're on the south side near the river, so we're usually about 5 or 6 degrees colder. My banana trees are horizontal now, but other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> as, long as, as long as the banana trees are only horizontal, everything else has got to be sticking straight up. In fact, what Carol Shelby said one time, he says, Robert, I don't buy any green bananas. No, he told me that too one time when I called him. I said, would you come over in March? And uh, or Would you come over? He says, when is it? I said, March. And this was January. So I don't buy green bananas. <laughs> well, if I'm still alive, I'll be there, which he did. Well, you know what? That brings me to this question. But normally at this time of year when we do our uh, New Year's Eve show, we always kind of reflect on some of the very special people that have been on our show over the years. So I'm going to ask you that question. Reflect on some of the really special people that you've come to know and that have been uh, special special friends and special people at uh, Amelia Island since 1996. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's like saying, what's your favorite child? That's true. Uh, I had a phone call today from Jochen Moss, who's a good friend, and just wishing us a happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And, you know, Johnny Rutherford. And, uh, a couple of months ago, I had an opportunity to do a program up at the fabulous Simeon uh, Museum with Richard Petty. I mean, I've led a blessed life. I mean, I've, I've lived with all my heroes from 
The first one's Sir Sterling Moss, right on up to Lynn St. James, Roger Penske. Uh, you name them. My only regret, uh, having retired, is I never got uh, A.J. Foyt or Mario Andretti. Would have liked to have done them both. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, now that brings me to my next question. And that is, now that you're, I'll just say, quasi-retired, and I'm, and you know what, I, I want to get into this too, because you received, this year you received a number of awards, actually last year as well, so we'll talk about some of those, but do you have the, I mean, do you have the kind of, still the motivation, the drive, the little bit of fire inside of you where, you know what, I kind of like to get involved with maybe a couple of really cool shows, you know, even from an outside, like, maybe pull a few strings type deal, is, are you involved? Well, I, I can't be because of the contract I signed at the time that Haggerty took over, so I, I can't do another show. Okay. However, I can do racing, and I, I, I'm on a committee for uh, the Rolex uh, Motorsports Reunion every year in August in uh, Laguna Seca. And uh, we have a Zoom call every week, and I missed one week, so they made me chief steward. You know, <laughs> you don't, miss, don't miss a Zoom meeting. You'll get assigned something, you know. Oh, oh, okay. Well, now but that, that that I enjoyed that. I, uh, you know, it's uh, you, you want younger people to learn by your mistakes and, and to do do a better job. Uh, to a certain extent, a lot of these younger drivers have more uh, uh, enthusiasm than they do talent. Well, that's true. Well, and and then also, their cars do a lot of the work for them. Well, the older cars don't. The older cars you know, last definitely. Year we had a problem with the with the guys in the under two liter um, sports racing class. They 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 just exercised really really poor judgment, and uh, we we had to do away with that class this year. Let them sit out for a year and think about it. Okay. Well, speaking of which, so uh, what is the? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This year also is. Um, the uh, Renfest, right? Or no, what do they call it? Rensport. Rensport. Rensport in September, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now that's uh, that's all Porsche. Yes. And that probably is the biggest event they have all year. I mean, last time they had it, I think they had a gate of about 75,000. So they actually had more people attending Rensport than they did actually the Laguna Seca Motorsports Reunion. Yeah, it was close. It was close. But I think Rensport was the most... Uh, most attended. Okay. Okay. This tells you something about the uh, the uh, um, how good the brand is. You know. Oh, Porsche. Well, you know what? It's good to, and, and it's really nice that they're still bringing out stick shift cars, manual transmission yeah. cars. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, tell us about. So, what are some of the highlights at uh, Laguna Seca this year for the Rolex Motorsports Reunion? Well, uh, there was a young guy there. I think he's about 19 years old, uh, named Horatio uh, Fitzsimons, who had a Lotus 26R there, and he just spanked every 289 Cobra in the field. Ooh. He uh, he led from the pole and drove an absolute magnificent race, smooth as silk, safe. I mean, I was really, really, really impressed. He was really good. And that was a highlight for me of the weekend was, was watching him drive. I mean, he, he put on a show that, gosh, if he didn't get a pro ride somewhere, I'd be amazed. What was his background? Oh, uh, his dad is in the car, in you know, the collector car side of it. They're from uh, Danville, California, and uh, he just was 
very, very, very good. Okay. So when he was out there, where were you, for you to? What, if you're there and you're a spectator, of course you have a little bit of an advantage because you kind of you're in the know. So where were you sitting that you could see all all, all this uh, spectacular driving? Well, as as the chief steward, my friend Henry Wilkinson and I have helped me out, and uh, David Hinton, we'd be on the grid at the start, making sure everybody understood, you know, that this is a reunion. It's not a race. You don't get a you don't get a trophy for first place. You've got to behave yourself, which didn't always work. You know? <laughs> and uh, as soon as they rolled, and Henry and I are on the golf cart, and we go over to turn four and watch four, where we could watch kind of the start going into one and through two and three and up up to uh, through four and five, watching going to five. And just, we were watching the action, see who was behaving and who wasn't. And uh, so then as soon as the race was about two laps from over, we had to run back to the grid for the next one. So we were working it. We were tired by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting. So how about you? I know you sold a few of your race cars. You still get out in the truck no, a little bit? No, I haven't sold anything. You haven't sold the, uh, the Pontiac that we ran at Daytona a couple of years ago that I bought, bought off bring a trailer, the Trans Am. Okay. And then I got a um, uh, the Group 44 TR8. I did sell the TR6. That's the one, A couple yeah. of years ago to... Uh, um, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla, yeah. Well, that was a former and Paul Newman car, right? Paul Newman Group 44, you betcha. Great car. Great car. Is it, then the day it goes by, I don't say to myself, why did I do that? But... What happened was after the race at, at uh, Amelia Island, Ray Evernham and Tommy Riggins came up and said, look, we don't want to see you racing this car anymore. I said, why? He says, well, you, you run it pretty hard, and if you get into trouble, you're going to get really, really hurt. So I said, well, maybe it's time for it to go. I don't know. Let me ask you this. If you're a racer... And let's just say you're quasi-professional. I mean, it's not. I mean, yeah. I, did you ever run a 12-hour or a 24-hour race? Uh, yeah, but on Firehawk, uh, uh, I was entered in a GT class with Tom Neal one year, and and uh, Tom felt compelled to stuff the wall at turn four, so my, <laughs> my race was over pretty quick. Um, Do you consider I, yourself uh, a professional I did race coach? The six hours at uh, in Firehawk and, and several twenty four hour races of Mid Ohio and and, uh, and um, Watkins Glen, I just never got the brakes to get into, you know, a real car. So I take a real car. Let me take that back. Firehawk was a great series, and you got to race against people like, uh, uh, oh, um, Andretti, John Andretti, uh, Bob Aiken. I co drove with Jack Baldwin. Oh wow! Uh, we He's had good. great, great drivers, and the cars were terrific. They were supposed to be showroom stock, but you know, uh, you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like the IROC series, right? It was basically the same thing. No, the IROC series, all cars were identical. Oh. And the and uh, the Firehawk series, it was based on street stock cars. You were allowed certain modifications, but not a lot. Okay. And. Uh, and and then you got tried to get away with stuff. So, yeah. Well, after having raced for so many years, do you? I mean, do you like do any autocross, any any club racing nah. events? You go down to the firm or anything like that? Nothing. No, uh, Tim Lanoka and I are, are trying to. We're seeing if we can put together a deal to go to uh, the uh, speed runs at uh, 
uh, at Cape Canaveral. They got a, a two and a half mile straightaway to do speed runs on. Hmm. And he's prepared a TR8 with a blown Chevy engine. He thinks it'll go 220, 230 miles an hour. And I was thinking, think of the original TR8 out and see if we could break 200. It, it's gone about 180, 185 before, but I don't know if it'll break 200. Change the gears. Put some really, really tall gears in it. Well, you know, you well, got you got to you got to measure mile, right? Though is that the way it works? Yeah, tall, tall gear, tall tires. But you know, at a certain point in time, that car's only got 375 horsepower. You don't, you're not really sure if it'll pull a tall gear and a tall tire. Right. Well, now how does that work? So, if it's a if you're if it's a standing if it's a mile that you run, how much uh, how much uh, of the course do you have ahead of time to get up to a certain speed before they start clocking you? Well, you got two miles. I don't know where they clock you. It's oh, okay. Somewhere along the mid range, and then you got to plan on slowing down. Well, yeah, that's Some, uh, <laughs> the guy that puts on the show just ran a. Uh, 310 miles an hour with a Ford GT there. Yeah, that's what I heard. That was all over the internet. I saw that, the white one. Yeah. Actually, I think that car's yeah. out of Miami, isn't it? Uh, he's out of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Can you imagine 310 miles an hour in a car? Basically, is like a, it's a licensed street car. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, well, now, you were out at the Bonneville Salt Flats. I mean, they're running two-something there, but, I mean, look at how well-prepared the cars are. I mean, this car, this thing, I saw the white GT4, uh, Ford GT. It's caged pretty good, but still, like you said, 300-plus miles an hour. I don't know. That's fast. Well, uh, when something goes wrong, you don't really have a long time to think about it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not at all. Um you know what? I got to ask you this. Talk about speed. Did you ever get in offshore boats at all? No. No. Uh, no, I was just cars. I get seasick. You get seasick. Uh, I drove with, you know, one of the guys I drove with, Charlie McCarthy, who was, he ran the uh, boat, the uh, 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 rums of Puerto Rico, the uh-huh. banana boat. And uh, he was very, very good. And then he decided to go car racing, so I went with him in a Camaro. And uh, he, uh, he and I have talked about uh, doing a book about... Uh, uh, drug trafficking those days in both racing and boating it but you know if, if you've read the book uh, uh, Blue Thunder yeah that, that's a pretty good book about Don Arano and how the mob killed him um, there was a lot going on at that time well we tried to invite Bob Sensenti his uh, former partner on the show because he you know he went off and spun off and did Apache boats and uh, and and I guess they had he was one of the last guys that saw him that day. Yeah, there, there was a lot going on there. You read the book. I just finished reading uh, Randy Lanier's book. And, uh, you know, he's well, kind of feeling sorry for himself. But when you're dealing in drugs, you can't feel sorry for yourself. He did 27 years in federal prison. Well, John Paul, uh, Whittington Brothers. I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of well known. They used to joke "powered by powder," but anyway, I mean, and uh, some of the other car, other guys out of the out of the out of our uh, state of Florida here. <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that's that's well, that's how that's how they financed a lot of that stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. The, the 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 normal hardworking guy who wanted to go racing, he couldn't afford the money they were putting up to buy K three Porsches and. And uh, marches, and, and you know, uh, if anything else, Randy Lanier pointed out that an average driver could be above average if he had enough money. Huh. 
Let's digress just for a second. Talk about uh, noted drivers and teams in Florida. Preston Hen. I actually ran into somebody the other day that was talking about him and his Ferrari. And, of course, I remember the T-Bird Swap Shop cars. So you knew Preston, right? Uh, just in passing. Oh, okay. I didn't know whether you were, you know, he had been to our, uh, been to Amelia or anything like that, or if you run, a, you know, in the Yeah, they, well, uh, Kevin Jeanette brought the uh, Ferrari uh, the GTO? TBC that, that finished uh, third at Le Mans, up, but that was after Preston had died. Uh, Preston had been up one time before, I think. It, I don't think he, he felt concoursy. No, he was kind of a casual guy. <laughs> okay. So uh, some of the other notable people that, you know, I mean, and again, i got to thank you because through you, I've been able to have some amazing people on my show here, you know, uh, through your connections and stuff. And Amelia Island yeah. is just, when you ran it, it was, it was, it was, it was the show, man. That was the one. And, uh, and It's about people. It was, and and you had there was a lot of history walking around there, and it really truly was about the car and the people, you know. I mean, because with every person there was a story, and with every car there was also a story and a person connected to it, and 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 because of the racing influence in your background, that's what made that show just by itself. I mean, there's no, nothing could compete with it. Well, it was kind of um, uh, selfish on my part. Uh, I had the opportunity to spend time with my heroes, you know, Sir Sterling Moss, uh, Carol Shelby, uh, I know Hurley, I've known Hurley all my life, uh, nearly, uh, uh, Jim Hall, Johnny Rutherford, Bobby Unser, John, uh, uh, Al Unser, uh, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, uh, uh, Emerson Fittipaldi, Jochen Moss, uh, Hans Took, I mean, the best of the best. And, you know, like I say, I was, I was living my dream. Tell us about some of the awards that you won this year. Now, you um, mentioned Simeon. There was an, an award that you received up there at the Simeon Foundation, the Simeon Museum up in... Uh, um, well, that was an award. I was on the team that uh, handled uh, Richard Petty's award. Um, the, uh, the one that really surprised me was last year. I, I was in London and went to the Octane uh, Magazine Awards for the best of the best, and they wanted me there, and they didn't tell me why, and I got there, and all the awards were going through, and uh, nothing was happening, and I said, well, I guess they just wanted me here, and the next thing they knew, they uh, gave me a Lifetime Achievement Award, which just blew me away, and I had my friend Simon Taylor there, and, and uh, Paul Percy, who's the voice of Le Mans, and, and uh, John Truslove, who I bought a Camaro from, and it was a very, very special evening to be in London, to be recognized, because in high school, I... You know, my high school years were terrible. I couldn't get a date off a of palm tree. <laughs> I, uh, I just kind of grew up being a car weenie. Well, yeah, but you know what? You know what picture stands out? You sitting in the Olenhout Mercedes-Benz. That picture, I'm not kidding. I saw that, and I've always been, the SLR Coupe, to me, was just the most dynamic car out of the 50s, still to this day. And when I well, saw that, that was a funny story. You know, back then it was just an old car. And I was a teenager, 19 years old, and I was driving down the street in Jacksonville, Talleyrand Avenue, where the Mercedes-Benz warehouse was, and there was a 300 SLR just sitting in the parking lot. Just They just unloaded it off the ship. It was unlocked. No one was in it. And, you know, there's a car that just sold for $142 million. Go figure. 
Why was that car there? Was it on going around on tour? Was it a display? Because I thought there were two, they, and they, they were, were taking it. To, they were they were taking it to Daytona to uh, do uh, press rides with Harulan out. Oh, really? It was his car. Yeah, and uh, they just had to bring it over. And it's just an old car. Uh, just oh, sit down on the street. Did you ever find out what the whole story was on it? Did, do we know who bought that car, or is it still anonymous? Um, I read a story in uh, Sports Car Market on it. Uh, they mentioned who it was. It's not anybody I know. And the uh, the agreement was pretty uh, ironclad. That he, if he sells it, it's got to go back to uh, the museum, uh, Mercedes, and uh, and then it has to go back to the factory several times a year to get re you know refurbished and everything. And uh, I, I don't know, 142 million dollars. That well, basically, he leased it. Kinda. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a legal authority. I can't tell you. But well, um, if if you got to give, if you got to bring it back, and they got to do this and do that, and then if it does come up for sale, you got to sell it back to them, probably for either market or I'm guessing what at least what he paid for it. Well, I'm sure it's in the contract. Did you see the car when it was at Amelia? Yeah, no. When was it Amelia? Yeah, we had it. We had it there in uh, uh, in a class of 300 SLRs, and we had it in the in the front circle where you walked in on display. Wait a minute, no. And then I would have seen it because what year was that? What had that been? Oh, about five years ago. Oh, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty the uh, SLR. It was on the top. You talking about the right there when you come in the entranceway on the on the lawn with that's always roped out the round one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah I'm that's pretty where sure. We had it. Okay, yeah, I have to look through my pictures, but I'm pretty sure I did. But I mean that that car is just uh, I don't know. There's, it's just it's austere, you know. When you start reading up on the car, and and then supposedly he drove that car back and forth to work, and he'd run that thing he down did, the outer bond. He did, and he also drove the C111. You know the rotary car. Yeah, the orange car. Mm-hmm. Well, there were more than one. There were uh, at least when I was in the factory, I sold saw at least at least five, maybe six of them, and one of them had a V eight put in it. The rest of them were rotary. Well, now I saw the one that was at the museum at the Mercedes Museum. That would have been seventy one, seventy two. So that would have been. I'm not sure which car that was, but I know it was one of the. It was an orange C C one eleven. Yeah, there, there were uh, several iterations of it. And there were five or six of the last iteration, so it wasn't like there was one. But, uh, Did you ever get uh, chance when you were over there? I in in eighty, I used to go over well with uh, Peter Sontag and Fastlane Travel. I used to go to on the Porsche Truffins, and one year I think it was either eighty or eighty one. I drove, I think it was as als, Alsfalterbach in Germany which was, at the time, the small little headquarters for AMG. And they had some pretty bad cars sitting there. And you think, you know, you, hear, you read about these AMGs, and you think, wow, this is coming out of a really high-tech thing. This was like a little beat-up little farmyard up there in the middle of nowhere on some little hill and just a row of slapped-together buildings. But when you walked inside, you were just absolutely floored by all this technology, all the state-of-the-art stuff, the way the place was done, all the cars were up there. In fact, the guy, and I'm trying to think who it was, I can't remember his name, but I told him that I was from the United States and I was an independent broker-dealer, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he goes, you want to drive one of my cars? And I said, sure. So he tossed me the keys to a 126 sedan, tricked out AMG 
and said, yeah, go run around the countryside for a little bit. And uh, that was pretty cool. And then I also went to B&B. Remember the Buchman Brothers? And they did the really yeah. cool. Okay. I stopped by their place, too, back then. That was pretty, pretty amazing. Well, I uh, I bought a used uh, 6.3 sedan from Bill Bryan in Orlando, and I was driving it today, and it was last of the AMG really built cars before it became a kind of a model within the Mercedes group. This car is an absolute rocket, and it's, how old is it now? 2009, so it's, you know, it's, uh, 10, uh, 10, 12, 13 years old. It is a rocket. Fast car. Go ahead. You know, it's an absolute rocket, and it sounds great. You know, we had uh, when we had Jay Leno on, we were talking about old cars, we were talking about mileage, and he has a 300 SEL 6.3, the, you know, the original one. And mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, um, Bobby, I think he said he had something like uh, over 300,000 miles on that car. And the, wow. joke, the joke was... Because we were talking about bringing a trailer and how these guys were turning up these cars with, you know, 100 miles, 200 miles, 80 miles, you know, 300 miles. And they're paying crazy, stupid money for these cars. Well, what's the point? The point is to drive them. That's right. And the, the one that gets me, the guys with the Ford GTs with, you know, delivery mileage on them. And they'll, they'll sell them for 400 grand. And someone will buy it. Well, what are you going to do? You want to drive it and depreciate it? You know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But then there's a lot that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> this is true. So, Bill, what's in your future? What's uh, Bill Warner going to do now besides... Uh, I bought a new building. I sold my old building, and I got a show place that really is nice. Oh, really? It's, uh, a guy built it to land his helicopter near his house, and it's right next to a residential area. I got a heliport, and I got about uh, 10,000 square feet of storage space with three offices and a pond with a fountain. <laughs> and I, I go every morning, and I play with the cars, work on the cars, uh, you know, to my extent, and, you know, I just, I, sometimes I feel a little lost, I'm doing a lot of fundraising for Spina Bifida, uh-huh. which Jane and I are very close to, and, uh, well, you know, I'll be 80 next year, what are you going to do, you know, no one's going to hire you for anything. Well, no, but you've got all this talent and all these connections, you could be a consultant of some kind for, uh, you know, very, very exclusive, or as you, unless you have a uh, non-compete. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a non-compete. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone, just... someone asked me, says, "Do you ever charge for your talks?" Because I do a lot of stuff with uh, clubs and and around the country. And one day, a, a Rotary Club called me and they said, uh, "Hey, would you come give us a speech for a seven o'clock breakfast?" And I said, "Well, I'll tell you what, I'll do it if you'll make a contribution of two hundred and fifty dollars to Spina Bifida." And I never heard from them again. So I figured out my net. My value is less than $250. <laughs> well, now, see, if he'd have been in politics, that would have been worth, you know, a $35 million home on Martha's Vineyard, don't you think? Oh, boy, don't get me started on politics. <laughs> I think we're in the worst shape we've ever been. No doubt about that. Hey, did you... Boy, I tell you, I don't want to go down that road, but I will tell you I'm a very conservative, and I'm, I'm very, very... Uh, feared for the future of our uh, republic and our democracy. No question about that. No question about that. And just to get off the subject for a little bit, you know, we're, we got this, there's this terrible push on, on EV cars, but I thought it was an interesting comment, I don't know if you read it, but the uh, CEO of Toyota does not believe yeah. in putting all his eggs in one basket, and he's not a big proponent of 
EVs, but he is of hydrogen fuel cells an alternative. So what? Well, your... I think hydrogen is and fuel cells is the is the uh, final destination, don't you? Yes, I do. And uh, Toyota has committed to it. They've got a, a hydrogen operation in L.A., and they just don't have the infrastructure for it yet. But uh, uh, you know, a lot of these companies have put an awful lot of money in the electric. They're rolling the dice big time. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not ready for it. But well, Mercedes was working on hydrogen and Porsche fifty years ago. Actually, during World War II, they had that stuff already. But, I mean, you know, they were experimenting with it back then, and I'm just surprised that it's just taken this long to get it refined. But the same holds true for, if you want to say, electric motors. I mean, it's not so much the motors as it is, you know, the batteries is the issue. And then charging. Uh, Yeah, I'm of the opinion, until they can charge a battery as fast as I can fuel a car, I'm not interested. Uh, I've driven a few electric cars. They're smooth as silk. They got torque at the rear end. You know, they, you you shower down on the ones like driving a really fast golf cart. Um, <laughs> I, I, I the new Cadillac Celestic is stunning. Uh, it's all electric. I hope they're successful with it because uh, they they've committed a lot to it. And, but I'm kind of like on the side of the gentleman from Toyota says, you know, I don't think we're quite there yet. No. And, uh, uh, the, the development of hydrogen has been probably restricted by the pressures and temperatures that you got to keep hydrogen at to operate the operation. And I, I talked with a, a gentleman at one time, was head of the uh, engineering department, General Motors, we at the Detroit Auto Show. He says, you know, General Motors is capable of building any form of, 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 of propulsion, but if the in- infrastructure is not in place to support it, why should we spend the money? It doesn't make sense. This is true. This is true. Um, so why don't you go ahead and, because we got a couple minutes left, why don't you go ahead and plug the uh, Spinal Bifida charity that you work for, because I know that's... Well, I appreciate that very much. We It's Spina Bifida Jacksonville. Uh, my daughter runs it. Our granddaughter was born Spina Bifida. She's, uh, we... You could say she's 23 years old, going on 22. Never, she'll never be able to hold down a job. Um, she sometimes doesn't get out of bed. Uh, a lot of spina bifida are are cripples to the point they have to. They're in a wheelchair their whole life, and uh, it's a birth defect. It's not a disease, so it's not something that you can uh, 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 correct. You're, you're you're born that way. So uh, there's many spina adult spina bifida live hand to mouth sometimes they can't pay their electric bills we do it for them with a foundation we take them on trips uh, where they can't go if they're wheelchair ridden we will we'll take them on a three-day cruise out of jacksonville to the bahamas something they're not able to do anywhere but that's that's been our goal is to just make their lives a little bit more normal well, that's 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 great. That's wonderful. You and, know, I, and I did a book on my photography that we've I've donated to Spina Bifida, and uh, all proceeds are going towards it. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's what I can do in, at this age. I can I can help help them out. I I don't know, uh, you know, you want to do something in life, leave a mark, and and if we can help people who are born Spina Bifida, then we're we feel pretty good. Well, that's super. 
Bill, we are up against the clock. I want to thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you. We'll probably be at Amelia, and I'll see you sometime between now and then. We'll probably have you on your show again. And in the meantime, you have a great new year, and all the best to you and your family. God bless you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. I want to thank my very special guest and good friend, Bill Warner. Amelia Island. He's still Amelia Island for uh, hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio Cars on New Year's Eve, or our New Year's Eve show. So, um, hey, guys, you know what? I played that little clip from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang earlier because it's the 53rd or 4th anniversary of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And the book is the only one children's book written by Ian Fleming of James Bond. And, of course, my son's middle name is Ian after Ian Fleming. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of cool. And uh, that was neat. And then, of course, we played uh, a little Jungle Book, and they came. That movie came out back in uh, in the late '60s, also. So that's kind of cool stuff. But anyway, I want everybody to have a really, really, really super New Year. We look forward to hearing you guys, hearing from you guys, having you guys, you know, seeing you guys at some of the car shows and stuff. Uh, don't forget, check us out here every Tuesday between seven and eight p.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Tell your friends, tune in. We'll see you at some of the car shows, and uh, we got a great, great lineup for you guys next year. In the forecast, as I say. (laughs) So in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.